Lord Jesus, we ask you tonight that you would touch this message, Lord, that, Lord, that you have asked to be brought about, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you would just use this message for your honor, your glory. We ask you, Lord, that you would have the preeminence, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that you would use it for your honor, your glory. We ask you, Lord, for those that are out there, Lord, that may listen to this message, that, Lord, they would see the truth that is, Lord, contained within your word. For those, Lord, that have seen this chapter of your word, Lord, and may not have considered the truth here, Lord, Lord, help them to see the truth finally. In this chapter of your word, Lord, that they would finally see it for what it really is. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. First thing we're going to do, we want you, Tim, to read this whole chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 1 through 13, the whole chapter. We're going to read the whole chapter. And then we're going to consider, He loves me, He loves me not. Amen. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, have not charity, I have become as sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Though I know a part, then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now by faith, hope, charity, these three, the greatest of these is charity. Amen. Now, let us consider, as I said... He loves me, he loves me not. Now, many have heard, especially when they were kids, they've heard a little girl, sometimes little boys do it, but most of the time little girls, they'll go out into a field, 
because they got just in love. And they pick a flower, usually of their favorite kind, maybe a daisy, maybe a little tulip or whatever, right? And they'll pluck the flower from the ground and hold it by its stem. And as they start to pull one petal from this flower, they'll say, he loves me. Then they'll pull another petal and they say, he loves me not. Then they continue one petal at a time and alternating from he loves me to he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. Everybody's heard that. And hoping that at the end, the last petal they pluck off of this flower would be he loves me. Meaning that the boy they're in love with is in love with them. That the flower somehow has predictive characteristics to tell them that the boy that they are now in love with, that this flower can predict that the boy loves them. Well, sorry to give people nose. There is no flower on earth going to predict for that little girl, one way or another, if that boy is in love with her or not. She could go through a whole field of flowers. One flower may say he loves her and another flower could say he doesn't. But the thing is, there's one Rose of Sharon who definitely loved everybody. And his name is Jesus. And he loved us enough to die for us. And Paul went on to tell, the Apostle Paul went on to tell us about the kind of love that that Rose of Sharon, Jesus Christ, gave and showed for each and every one of us. He talked about that kind of love here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That kind of love is called, in the Greek word, agape. Now, of course, we in America wouldn't know love if it came up and ran up and bit us on the seat of our pants. Because to us, the word love could mean friendship love. It could mean parent-to-child love and all that. But we have no clue what love is. We think it's this mushy garbage that you see from Hollywood. But I'm sorry, it ain't this mushy garbage you've seen from Hollywood because Hollywood know, like I said, Hollywood wouldn't know, Hollywood wouldn't know what love is if it bit them on the rear end. No, because if you look at the word agape, a g a p e agape, that word in the Greek that was translated, the Greek word agape that was translated here from the Greek into the English, charity. When it was translated, it wasn't translated love. It was translated charity. Isn't it interesting that of all of the places in the Bible it was translated in this particular chapter, charity. Now, when you go to the March of Dimes, or Jerry's Kids, or Salvation Army, 
or one of those places like that, what do you call them? A charity. It's a place where you go to give your money, your time, your talent, usually sacrificially, to help somebody else, and you don't expect any kind of reward. But sometimes you do it because you really don't care about the people that you're helping. You're just trying to do it to get a notch on your gun or on your belt so that you could think, oh, well, hey, uh, God is being happy with me. Okay? You're trying to earn your brownie points in heaven. Those are called charities. Okay? But Paul called this charity. Why? Because what he was talking about in 1 Corinthians was actually what Christ did. It was, and I want you to notice the key words here, he's talking about a sacrificial kind of giving love. Totally foreign to what we call a charity of today. I mean, totally sacrificial. Christ, we did not deserve Christ dying on the cross. And Christ did not die on the cross so that he can earn brownie points with his father. Uh Uh-uh. Christ died on the cross even if it meant to save only one person. He would have done it anyway. Because he loved us with a sacrificial kind of giving love. He did that because he loved us so much he didn't want to see just one One, one person go to hell. That's agape. And that's what Paul talks about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So, what I want us to do, we're going to go through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tonight. And we're going to learn what this true kind of love or agape is is as compared to what Hollywood has been teaching us, so that we can learn about how we should be in relationship to husbands and wives, how we should relate to each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord, how we should relate to each other as friends, whatever. What is real, true agape? Alright? So as we read this, the first thing we're going to do is read the Scriptures... As they appear, we'll read a section of Scripture. Then we'll come back and read that same text. But what we'll do is we'll take out every place where it says charity. And we're going to replace it. Each time the word charity is there, we're going to replace it with the words, a sacrificial kind of giving love. And we're going to see what Paul was saying. Okay? This way we can understand it. Not that we're changing God's word because we're not. We're just putting the meaning into what Paul said. Okay. First, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Tim, I want you to read that as it is the way Paul wrote it. Though I speak with the tongues of men, and of angels, and have not charity. I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. 
Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, I have not charity, I am not. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Okay, now, see, when you hear it with the word charity, now, that's the way Paul wrote it. Now, like I said, we're going to go back through the same first three verses, 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 3, but this time, Tim, I want you to read the same verses exactly as they appear, but where you see the word charity, put the words in its place, a sacrificial kind of giving love where the word charity is. Okay? Now go ahead. I speak to the tongues of men and of angels. That's not a sacrificial kind of giving love. I am becoming a sounding brass or a tinkling symbol. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains have not a sacrificial kind of giving love. I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, have not a sacrificial kind of giving love. Profit me nothing. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Hello. Uh, I'm going to start out with, Hello, Cruise Maddox. Hello, Cruise Maddox. I don't think they're too happy with Paul right now. It says, it starts out with Paul, what he says here. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men or of angels. That means if you have your little prayer language, you can have your little prayer language. You can babble all you want, okay? But if you don't have a sacrificial kind of giving love, you're just making a bunch of noise. Uh, I think that bear is repeating, don't you, Tim? You think that bear is repeating, Tim? Preach. It said, Paul said, if you speak with the tongues of men and angels. Angels. That means you could you can have your prayer language all you want. And if you don't have a sacrificial kind of giving love, you're making a bunch of noise. You're just being you're having all this confusion. You having confusion, boys. You're just making a bunch of noise. I might as well just put earplugs in. You're making too much noise, is what Paul said. <laughs> you're driving me up a wall making too much noise. That's what he said. You just drive me up a wall, you're making too much noise. No sense listening to you. You're making too much noise. And then, <laughs> I like this, what he said. He said, though I have the faith... Uh, here comes Ernest Angley, Tim. Here comes Joe Olstein. Here comes... Kenneth Copeland and all those guys, though I have the faith to move mountains. 
in the name of Jesus. Be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Sound familiar? Have faith to move mountains from one place to another. Uh, You know, that little faith seed of of mustard seed. Paul said, but if you don't have a sacrificial kind of giving love, you ain't worth the dirt. You ain't even worth a, a, a scrap of dirt out there. You ain't worth dirt. Nothing. You ain't. You ain't. Uh, you ain't even worth calling a worm. Amen. And he said, <laughs> "Oh, uh, to you guys that want to talk about, oh well, I gave to charity. Well, I gave to them." Salvation Army. I wouldn't put it in the kettle for Christmas time. I put some in there. Oh, I I gave to Jerry's kids. I gave I gave to uh, the feed the hungry. I gave to my little local soup kitchen, my local food bank. I gave about forty bags of clothes to my clothing bank. I gave to Salvation Army. Uh, excuse me. You could give. The Bible says you can even go as far, Ruth, as jumping in a fire and being burned and tortured. But if you do not have a sacrificial kind of giving love when you did it, you didn't profit nothing. Not one thing. You didn't profit anything. You wasted your time. You might as well just kept your stuff, kept your money in your pot. Hello, tithers. Hello, tithers and your 10%. Uh, all that money you've been given to 10%. Oh, I gave all. Uh, remember what Jesus said when he stood by the uh, 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 treasury. All those rich guys coming along, plunking it in, plunking it in the Pharisees and all them. Along comes the poor widow. Everybody likes the poor widow. Oh, she gave everything she had, every, all her living. Uh, what was the motive, boys? She did it because she wanted to. Not because she had to, not because she was being forced to, because, oh, well, she's robbing God. No, it's because she wanted to. And, <laughs> amen, it's because... Uh, she had a sacrificial kind of giving love. She gave because she wanted to. And Paul said, Paul said, he said, look, unlike those Pharisees, here's where he's talking about. She gave because she wanted to. And he, unlike those other guys, they were trying to get a notch on their gun. Oh, well, I gave 10% this week. I gave my 10%. I did my good deed for the week, so, hey, don't bother me. Hey, I, I won't get, God ain't going to come after me because I did my duty. Isn't that something? Everybody's worried about doing their duty. Amen. All right, now we're going to look at the next section. Now, have you ever wondered what the definition is? for charity or a sacrificial kind of given love? Would you like a good definition? We all talk about, well, love this mushy stuff, like I said, from Hollywood. Uh, let's see what Paul's definition is. Let's see if it meets what we hear from Hollywood. okay? Tim, let's read it like Paul 
gave it to us originally right from the text in 1 Corinthians. Let's look at verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That's some pretty tough stuff. Doesn't sound like what we hear from Hollywood. But just to make sure we got the point drove home, let's put in the line, every place where the word charity is, a sacrificial kind of giving love, and read those same verses, verses 4 through 7 again, and replace charity with a sacrificial kind of giving love and see what Paul said. Sacrificial kind of giving love suffers long in his time. Sacrificial kind of giving love envieth not. Sacrificial kind of giving love vaunteth not itself. It's not fucked up. Doeth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. It's not easily provoked. Think the evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Ooh. Wow. There's some powerful stuff there. When you look at it from that point of view, all of a sudden, isn't what we've been taught even in the churches, is it? Not what we've been taught. Oh, Dr. Broadbottom and that crowd, they didn't teach us this, did they? Uh, Let's take a look at those points. There's 14 of them, if you noticed. Let's take a look at them real close. The first one is, Ruth, I'm going to have you help me go slowly through these. Get your Bible there. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, starting at 4. We're working through 7. Okay, the first one is... A sacrificial. Okay, a sac. A, a sacrificial kind of giving love suffereth long. Uh, no, one thing at a time. Sacrificial kind of giving love suffereth long. First point: it suffers long. That means obviously it's going to put up or endure some sort of pain, whether emotional or physical. For a long period of time. Now, it's going to put up with, it's willing to put up with something for a long time. It's willing to suffer through. It's willing to put up with suffering. Uh, Well, it ain't God's will for suffering. Uh, Well, then you better go read 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Tim, you want to take us over there and let's read that real quick. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And let's see if it's God's will for a man to suffer if they're a Christian. Let's check that out. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. 1 Peter 4, verses 1 and 2. 
For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. And he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, to the will of God. Uh, when you arm your mind, when you're arming your mind, that means like a soldier does, he puts on armor. Well, if you're arming your mind, that means arm your thinking. Put the same brain, put the same thinking in your head that Christ had. And what was that? To be ready to suffer in the flesh. So, suffering long. Okay? Then it says, it is a sacrificial kind of giving love, back to 1 Corinthians 13. It is kind. That doesn't mean you go out there and look how you could do your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, whatever. You don't look how you could go and do them dirty. Uh-uh. It's kind. It's opposite of doing people dirty. Okay? And then, what's the next point, Rick? Stop, okay? A sacrificial kind of love. Envieth not. What's the... Uh, another word for envy? Jealousy. Jealousy. It doesn't get jealous. It doesn't get jealous or envy. It, it, it isn't worried about, ooh, uh, they got more than me. Or, oh, uh, I'm afraid that they're going to be loved more than me. Oh, I'm afraid that the preacher loves so-and-so in the church more than me or whatever. They don't get jealous or envious. That's not a sacrificial kind of giving love. Okay, envieth not, and then? Okay, a sacrificial kind of giving love vaunteth not itself. Now, the word vaunteth, when you study the word vaunteth, that means, basically, it's a bragger. It talks about itself. Oh, look at I got 400 degrees from college. Well, excuse me, you got all those letters tacked on the end of your name, you know what a spell spells snob. That's what it spells, it spells snob, S-N-O-B, snob. That's all it spells. If you got that many degrees, you ought to be a thermometer. That's what you ought to be, Dr. Fahrenheit, Dr. Celsius. That's what you should be as a thermometer. That's all you is. Amen. Amen. You ought to be a thermometer if you got that many degrees. Be an oven or a thermometer. That's the only thing that, that, that have degrees as thermometers that I know of. Amen. But that's what vaunted it. Oh, I got to brag. I got. Hey, I ain't got no need to brag. The only person I want to brag on is Jesus. Amen. Okay. Vaunted not itself, Rue. It's not what puffed up. That comes right back to the vaunting. It doesn't. It doesn't puff itself up. Hey, I'm better than you. It, it doesn't stick its nose up in the air to sniffs the devil's behind. It doesn't. Uh. Uh-uh. It doesn't act so haughty, totty. Okay. Okay. A sacrificial kind of giving love does not behave itself unseemly or improperly. When it comes to God's word, it doesn't be. It looks for God's word and to look how it should behave itself properly. If it's not proper according to God's word, it won't do it. Period. Okay, and then 
It seeks not her own. Uh, selfishness. Gotta have it for me. Oh, it's gotta be my way. Do it. Oh, you, you've heard it. Over McDonald's commercial. You gotta have it your way. Uh, that ain't that ain't a sacrificial kind of giving in a, a, a kind of love. Uh uh-uh. uh. A sacrificial kind of giving love doesn't worry about having its own way. Sacrificial kind of giving love wants to have it not my way, but your way. Amen. Okay, and then it's not easily provoked. Okay? <laughs> that brings me back to not too long ago. Tim thought I was getting provoked when he asked me the question. Well, and, and, and Tim, I'm sorry, I'm going to borrow your question. He, he goes and asks a question. Here, it took me two years of study on this thing about marriage, which this kind of, this text brings me back to. It's about that. Two years of study on marriage and sex. And he asked, well, if it's not sin for a man and a woman that are not married... If it's not fornication, then what does God call that sin? Obviously, it's some sort of sin. But God always had a name for it. Well, I remembered that God called it something, but I just couldn't put my finger on that. But I knew it was wrong. I wasn't denying that he was right, but I wasn't being provoked. It was just like, wait a minute, it took me two years of research. Give me a minute here to think. That was a lot of over 300 verses here. It wasn't that I was being provoked. I was trying to have a sacrificial kind of giving love, and it's like, give me a minute. <laughs> That's a lot of verses, man. <laughs> but a sacrificial kind of giving love does not, is not, hey, I'm, as soon as someone just says boo or says hi, all of a sudden they light off, the, you know, I'm sorry to say, you know what some of us, our favorite food is? You know what our favorite food is? firecrackers we want to shoot off at the mouth but you know what I do appreciate Tim's question because it did make me go back to my research and hey what was that you know what was it and and he's right well we did find the answer to that it was in the research and he was right Uh, there was a name for it it was just called instant marriage (laughs) God did have a name for it because God never did approve of a man and a woman that were unmarried jumping into bed. But, he, hey, you mess around, you're unmarried, you go get married instantaneously. Uh, back in the 1800s, they called it making an honest woman out of her. But you know what? We changed the terms because we were a bunch of reprobates. Amen. All right. And then, it's not easily provoked. Ooh, uh, a sacrificial kind of giving love, what? Doesn't think no evil. Uh, how can I get even? I want to get even with that reprobate. I want to get even with that sister. She didn't like my dress. So, how can I... Uh, I'm going to get her good. Ah! You know that, don't you, Tim? Brother Mike Shibley didn't like my woman's t-shirt. How can I get him? That ain't what the Bible said. It says it doesn't think evil. 
doesn't think how uh-uh, doesn't think how to do a person dirty. Uh, revenge is vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. It's God's job, not mine. Amen. Okay, Rue. But notice that it doesn't a sacrificial kind of giving love. What it doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. In simple terms, a sacrificial kind of giving love. It doesn't have a party over sin, but it sure has one heck of a good party when it comes to truth. Uh, when you open up the Bible and there's truth being exposed, it has one good party. Okay, go on. It bears all things. Uh, it'll put up with, as long as it's within God's Word, it'll put up with anything. If it's within God, But if it ain't in God's Word, it, oh, it, it can't stand it. Oh, yeah, it won't stand. Go on. Uh, Ruth, there you go. I'm willing to believe that God will heal you, but either it's here or it's in heaven. It'll believe believe all things. Okay? As long as it's within God's Word, it'll believe it. Okay? Same thing. Hope's all things. Whether it's here or in heaven, it's going to hope. It's got a hope in Jesus Christ that never fails. Okay? And it endures all things. Same thing. It puts up. It, it's willing to do it as long as it's within God's word. Now, see, a sacri- does that sound like the mushy garbage we get from Hollywood? No way. And then, now we move on. What does Paul have to say? Of course, we're going to get a group mad real quick. Verses 8... Through 10, Tim, the regular way, what does it say? What did Paul say? Charity never fail. Whether there be prophecy, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. <laughs> but... If we was to put a sacrificial kind of giving love in there, how does it read? Sacrificial kind of giving love never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. We know a part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Uh, like I said, a certain couple groups that like to uh, talk about tongues and prophecies and all those gifts. They're not going to like me, but they'll have to get over it. The Bible says, it makes it very plain, a sacrificial kind of giving love never fails. It's never going to fail. It's always going to be there. Why? Because it's always going to be. But whether there be tongues, they're going to cease. They're going to end. Whether there be prophecies. This is talking about looking into the future. Forthtelling. Forthtelling the future. It's going to end. Whether there be knowledge. This is a gift of knowledge. These gifts, they're going to end. Now, Why? Because we know in part and we prophesy in part. 
But when that, notice the key word, if, you, if you're a healthy Christian that writes in your Bible, circle the word that. But when that which is perfect is come. Notice the key word, that four-letter word, that. God, through Paul's writing, did not say, when he which is perfect. And he didn't say, which, when she which is perfect. It's neither male nor female. See, if God was talking about Jesus when he came, or when he was going to come in the second coming, the rapture, it would have said, when he which is perfect is come. Because that would have obviously then been talking about the rapture. If it was talking about Jesus' second coming, it would have said, but when he which is perfect is come, that would have been talking about the rapture as the charismatics, hello, they try to say this is in reference to Jesus' second coming. That is not what this is saying. Because it would have said, but when he which is perfect is come, but this is not talking about Jesus. Because Jesus has always been referred to as he, him, or himself. The Holy Spirit has always been referred to as he, himself, or he, always been referred to in the masculine sense. The Father has always been referred to as he, himself, or him. So it's obviously not talking about any of the Trinity. So if it's not talking about God the Father, Son, or Holy Ghost, and it's not talking about any female, but it's in a neuter sense, neither male nor female, what do you know that is neither male nor female, that is perfect, that was supposed to come but yet had not been completed at the point of the writing of this book where Paul is writing 1 Corinthians. The Bible. The Bible. But I know some charismatics will say, well, Jesus came in the volume of a book, so he was the word of God, and then they'll try to jump you in like a bunch of JWs. Excuse me, but if you do that, then excuse me, boys. Uh... You just trapped yourself because then that would take away your tongues, wouldn't it? Because then that would take and say, well, then if that was the case, when Jesus came here on the earth, there wouldn't have been no tongues at all. So the point is, when the Bible was completed, when John the Revelator came and God told him to seal it up in Revelation chapter 22, and he said... If any man add unto these things, the plagues were going to be added. And if anyone take away, their name would be taken away out of the book of life. When he said that, he meant you were not supposed to add or subtract. And anyway, why are you? Why do you need tongues? Oh, well, it gives us extra revelation. Uh, you're adding to the book. See, you don't need tongues. You don't need a word of prophecy, and you don't need a word of knowledge. You got it all right there in that Bible. All you got to do is open it. So when that which is perfect is come, when you got the whole Bible, you have no need of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. You have no need of the gift of tongues, and you have no need of the gift 
of knowledge. You have no need of those because the Bible, which is perfect, has come, is now here. It's done. It's complete. It's done. And that's why John the Revelator said, okay, don't add or subtract. It's done. What God made perfect, don't add to it. It's like the Mormons trying to add to it and say they got the Book of Moron. Amen. All right. Now, Tim, we're going to go from verses uh, 11 and 12 as it presently is. When I was a child, I speak as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we keep you in a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then shall I know, even as also I am known. Now, of course, with these two, since we don't see the word charity, we don't have to do any changing, now do we? We don't have to put in change over from the word charity to a sacrificial kind of giving love. But isn't it interesting what Paul was saying here? He was saying in simple terms, just like any little child, when they're a little kid, they think as a little kid, they act as a little kid, they do what little kids do. But when they grow up, they're supposed to act and think and do the things that grown-ups do. Now, when we were little kids in Christ, we think and act like a little child in Christ. But when you grow up in Christ, you're supposed to act and think like an adult Christian. But some of us don't, unfortunately. But he goes on to end it with this thought. Remember back when he, the very first definition of a sacrificial kind of giving love, talks about, Charity suffereth long. A sacrificial kind of giving love suffereth long. And we always ask that very famous question. The very first question most of us start to ask. Why me? Well, I'll give you an answer. Look at the end of that. He says, one day we're going to know as we are known. One day... We won't have to ask why me because we're going to know the reason for every one of those sufferings because when we get up there, we will have those answers and we'll know exactly why we went through them. Trust me, I didn't know why I went through the spinal surgery and the suffering I went through with all that. But it wasn't until a day that I walked into a hospital room, saw someone going through the same thing, I was able to at least say, okay, I didn't have to act like, well, hey, you, why don't you get out of that bed? I knew what they were going through. Well, see, just by the same token, when I get to heaven, I'll be able to know, as I am known, and I'll be able to, empath- I'll be able to know why I went through a lot of the things that I couldn't understand down here. And then finally, our last verse. Verse 13, it reads this way. Now, by the faith, hope, charity, these three, greatest of these is charity. Now, we find some interesting stuff, but let's see how it sounds when we replace the word charity with our line, a sacrificial kind of giving love. 
now by the faith, hope, sacrificial kind of giving love, these three. The greatest of these is sacrificial kind of giving love. <laughs> now think about it. The first thing is, some of us think it's dead and gone, don't we? We think that a sacrificial kind of giving love is dead and gone and buried. Uh -uh. Paul said, it's right now, right here, right this moment, it's here. It's not a thing of the past. It's right now. He says, now abides. It's right here. All we got to do is reach in to our Bible, see that it's around, and put it into action. That's our biggest problem. We don't put it into action. But it's here. Now abides. Now abideth. It's here. And then he ends it out by saying, Hello, you charismatics that like to say, Oh, the biggest thing, the best thing to have is tongues. Uh, my prayer language. Uh, you better read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You think the best thing to have is faith to move a mountain that I... Oh, if I had enough faith, Ruthie, I could go over there and heal you. Best thing, oh, I could have enough faith. I could walk outside and tell that junky old bull socket, in the name of Jesus, fall down! And the dumb thing would fall down. Uh -uh. Not 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It said the greatest of these is a sacrificial kind of giving love. Can you imagine if we all had that? Forget all this charity, forget all this um, faith stuff. Uh, Paul said, forget if you had that. If you had the one thing, the biggest key, you want the biggest and best key to have in the lock is get you a sacrificial kind of giving love because it's the greatest. It's the best. You want the best and biggest fad there is? Get a sacrificial kind of giving love, and you got the best thing since, as Ruthie would dub it. <laughs> I like her line here, Tim. Y'all had the best thing, Ruthie, since sliced bread. Okay? Y'all had the best thing since the invention of fire. Okay? Get a sacrificial kind of giving love, because Paul said, that's the greatest of these. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for the message. Lord you told us the greatest love was a sacrificial kind of giving love through the pen of Paul. Lord, that little girl going down through the field of flowers may pick out her flower and think that she is going to find out whether that little boy loves her by pulling petals. But, Lord, we already know the greatest love. The greatest love, Lord Jesus, is you. We don't have to pull petals from a flower to find out, Jesus, whether you loved us or not. Lord Jesus, we already know whether you loved us. Lord Jesus, you said, For God so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in you, Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. So, Lord Jesus, we ask you right now that you would just touch us now, Lord. Touch your word, Lord, and help us, Lord, to stand for your truth, your word. We thank you, Lord, now. We ask you now to bless your word tonight for those who will hear.
And for those, Lord, who will come to hear the truth, we ask you, Lord, now to use it for your honor and your glory. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen.